0: is the Big Church Podcast. But I want to tell you, thank you so much to this church family. We want to thank you for the outpouring during Pastor Appreciation Month. Those of you that sent us the cards and the letters and gave us the gifts, thank you so much for that. It really showed us that we were really appreciated. And all of you... Online after some of the comments you made uh, As Pastor Mindy and her family Have went through a hard week this week Saying goodbye to their uh, Precious mother and I just ask you I want to say thank you for all The outpouring that you've showed to her And showed to that family um, And I just, want, I just want to say to you Thank you for this church family It shows us that we are a family If it's your first Time here uh, you want to come And date us for a little while come on We want to date you but if this, if this is part of your family, then hold on, it's time to get married. It's time to get part of what God is doing in here, right? Amen. I'm going to continue my week. Uh, last week, I talked to you about Noah. Who liked last week? Was last week all right? Okay. Well, this week, we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to go week two of Noah. And, and, you know, what I said last week is the world was a mess. In Genesis, I mean, there was things going on. The Bible says there was great wickedness and there was continuous thoughts of evil continually. And sometimes I, I can't wrap my mind around how it could be that bad. But, but you know, when the Spirit of God is, it, it, when we don't listen to the Spirit of God, some things can happen in our life very quickly and very badly. But as the Bible says it grieved the Lord. It said it made him sorry that he had even made man. But I love the butts in the Bible, right? Last week I talked about the butts. But Noah was this Noah stood out from the surrounding society, he didn't look like everyone else. And I said last week that normal is boring. Come on, if you just want to fit the mold and go do what, you're, do what everybody else is doing, then you can live this same old boring life. But Noah stood out from sur- the surrounding society. He was different from the crowd. He was just. He was obedient. And he was faithful to do what God asked him to do. The Bible said in one of the, in one of the verses, it says, He walked. With God, and I explained that when you walk with someone, there's a certain thing that you do and a closeness that you come into, come into partner with that person when you walk with them. But God gave Noah specific instructions. He said, "I want you to build a boat, and I want you to proclaim that that the flood is coming." And here's what here's what happened. He asked Noah to do that when he was how many years old? Wow, you all were better than first service. They didn't know that. I told them to have to come back and listen to it again. 600 years old. I remember when we started this ministry sitting around a table, and we were talking to a couple, and we were telling them the things that we wanted to do and the the outlook we were doing. We were going to reach adults, and all of a sudden, uh, Donnie gave a prophetic word. He said, stop. You ever been around those prophetic people? that Stop. I got a word from God. And he looked at us, and he said, I see thousands of young people around you. Woo, that's not what I thought. I thought, young people. I'm a little over 40. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of seasoned in life. I'm not old, but but I don't know if that's really what God you've called us to do. Well, you can look around here today because we said yes to the calling and we didn't listen to someone else. We didn't hear listen to the naysayers and said you're too old or uneducated or whatever. You're sitting in a place today that God has called us to the younger generation. But listen, what He's done. He's called us to the younger generation. But all you seasoned folks out there, you got a job to do. You need to show them the way so he made gave him specific instruction in a place where it most likely had not rained probably hadn't seen rain it was miles away from any water or any body of water and you got to know this about Noah he was an amateur he had no boating experience it would be like me getting a new boat and trying to take it out in the water I probably would sink that thing within about 15 minutes Any boating people in here? Don't let me borrow your boat. You're good. But he was an amateur. He had nothing going on for him to experience. And then God told him, he said, I want you to gather up all the living creatures. Wrap your mind around if you went to the zoo and you saw that many creatures. How many more creatures were there out there that he probably pulled onto the ark? I can't wrap my mind around the number of different species and different things that he had to help gather up. But let me just tell you something. When God calls you to accomplish his plan, he provides everything that you're going to need to do it. And let me just tell you something. God has a purpose for you for your life. And as you work towards that purpose, you're going to realize that not everyone will understand where God has taken you. Not everybody's going to go where you're going. They're not going to understand the calling God's had on your life. Or they're not going to see the vision that God has shown you. While Noah was building the ark, can you just imagine the looks? Can you imagine the laughs? Can you imagine the whispers behind the back? It is cray-cray. Can you imagine that he starts talking about a flood? He starts talking about rain, and a bunch of question marks come up. They're like, what is he even talking about? They're probably hollering out, hey, crazy, what you building out there? What is that thing? And it probably is. He started gathering animals. They're asking, are you starting a zoo out here because we want to get a free admission for a year, please? But I'm sure in Noah's case, there were days when he was discouraged. There was days when he was depressed. There was days when he was depleted. And I'm telling you, there were days when he wanted to hit the snooze button. Any of y'all like to hit the snooze button out there? I am going to pray so hard for you because I don't know if you're going to go to heaven or not. I remember when I was in college, I guess this guy had a, had, a, had a class at 8 o'clock. His alarm clock went off from 7 to 7.45. I almost punched him in the mouth a few times. It was like, bam, 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 constantly. I'm like, dude, can you not hear that? And then every once in a while, he would hit the snooze button. But don't you know that Noah sometimes got up that one, one morning and he wanted to hit the snooze button? But listen here, you have to control your outlook and let God control the outcome. He could have looked at all of the, all the things that were against him. He could have looked at the size of the job and said, I'm not fit for this. I'm an amateur. I don't know if I can do this. But let's, sometimes you have to just let God have control and let him have control of the outcome. So many times, so many times we try to guide, we try to go, and we try to steer. And God says this, you got to stay focused and get your job done. He pressed on to fulfill the vision. Sometimes we're trying to steer our own boat. 120 years of being faithful. Noah built that. Wow, that is right. 120 years. Thank you, Gab. To, of being faithful. Noah built it while he was proclaiming that there was a flood coming. So many times right now, what we're doing right now, and we need to get our microphones on, we get our mouths open to tell, there is a flood coming. It may not look like what it did back then, but there is something coming that's about to change the atmosphere. It could be revival if we open our mouth enough. Number 1 Don't miss the boat. Genesis 7:16 says this. So those that entered male and female all flesh went in as God had commanded him and the Lord shut him in. Say shut him in. Shut him in. That was good. Say it again. Shut him in. When the Lord shuts a door on something in your life, you got to make sure it stays shut. So many times we don't need, we don't get to the next level because we, no, next level, we have too many cracks in our ark door. We're standing there looking out the crack, we're standing there looking out the window, and we're trying to figure out what we could do differently. Well, I'm telling you, God says, you need to shut that door because so many things, not just the past, but people will tell you you can't do this or you can't go there. Our peaking is getting us in trouble. If I could just have, oh, help me. If I could just have one more look at the past. If I could just have one more look at that relationship. If I, can I have one more look at, at something that I know God has shut the door on? We gotta quit peeking. We gotta shut that door completely. We gotta quit peeking out because you you gotta make sure that you're not doing what is outside of that door. You gotta make sure of what is knocking on your door. And whatever's knocking on the door, there's so many things out there that are still knocking on our doors. We still keep peeking out. We still keep looking out. God is trying to close that relationship down. He's trying to close the things down, the devil. And let me just tell you something. It's not always the devil's fault. Sweat towel, you're in trouble. Well, that darn devil, he made me do this. Well, that devil, he he's always up in my business. I remember growing up and and, and listening to the testimony. Anybody raised in an old school church and the testimony t- uh, Sunday? And sister so-and-so always got up every Sunday and, and brother so-and-so got up every Sunday. And they, they'd start out telling you how good the devil was. Ooh. No, the devil did this and the devil did that. And they spent three minutes on telling what God did. Well, sometimes it's not all the devil's fault what's going on in your life. Sometimes you keep opening that door. You keep cracking that door. You kept peeking out of that door. And God says, shut it and seal it. You got to shut the door on on the lies of the enemy. You got to shut the door on the past. And you got to shut the door on some of the relationship. It's time to live in the ark that God has called us to live in now. The Lord is shutting the door, and what it represents is safety, security, and deliverance. No matter the alarm system you have at your house, no matter if you have armed guards at your house, no matter if you have all kinds of arsenals of gun and ammunition, it's God who shuts you in, and it's one he shuts the devil out. If he is for you, he's not against you. If he's with you, he's behind you, he's beside you, he's in front of you. So you need to stop looking at your own self and trying to shut your own doors and allow God to shut those doors. One translation said this. It said he sealed the door. Sometimes you can't just shut it. you got to seal it. you got to put some, you're in Kentucky, you got to put some duct tape around it. Some of that stuff that doesn't leak. Where you can't even see the cracks in the crevices. Because so many times, when, unless it's sealed, we can still see the little bit of light. Oh, it says the devil comes as an angel of light. And so sometimes we see that light out there, and we think it's good to have that door open. Shut it. Noah's faithfulness to God kept him and prepared him for the unimaginable. Think about this. He did not want Noah to feel the weight of those who didn't get on the boat. Can you imagine the screams? Can you imagine the cries? Can you imagine the terror of those that were outside? He, did, he had to shut and seal that door so that Noah couldn't open it because what we do in our own humanity is we would want to open the door and let those people in, right? But he knew that he had to seal the door. Jesus also felt that weight on us when he was in the garden. He says, Father, not my will. Father, if there's any other way. Can, you, can we do it a different way besides what I see in front of me? He felt the weight of the garden. It said he, he, his drops of blood, his sweat was like drops of blood. But he saw. You know what he saw? He saw you. He saw you. He saw you. He saw you. And he said, it's all worth what I have to go through right now. He carried the weight of the world on his shoulders in that garden. Jesus felt the weight. God kept the door open. In Noah's sake, to the last possible minute, like he is today. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He opened the door so we could have salvation, so we could have safety and deliverance. And you know who the door is? The door in John 10, 9 says this, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. God opened the door by sending his son Jesus to die for you, to make an ark for you, to make a safe passage for you. The ark was salvation for Noah and his family. But there was a time, listen to me, there was a time... When the door had to be shut. No second chances for those that were out there. I know that's a little bit rough to hear. You don't hear much about that anymore. There was no second chances once he sealed the door. They thought Noah was crazy. They thought he was an idiot until it started to rain. All of a sudden they felt a drop of rain. What in the world was that? What was that? And as it started raining more, and more and more, they started seeing puddles around them. And, they, and I'm sure people were going, hey, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that idiot knew something we don't know. Maybe we should have listened to what he was telling us for these 120 years. But listen to this. Number two, you have to have faith to float. Genesis 7:11 says this. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, and the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were open. It rained for 40 days and for 40 nights. I remember growing up, there was a little creek that went right out in front of our house there, and it's not very big, and it barely had some trickles of water, and we used to dam it up so you could have like a little deep end so the minnows could play in it. Come on, y'all, country people, you know what i are talking about. Minnows, what does that mean? It's a minner, if you're from eastern Kentucky. And all the minnows could play in there. But I remember one day it rained for like five days in a row. And that thing was about 30 or 40 feet away from our house. And all of a sudden I watched this little tiny creek turn into a raging water. It was water everywhere. It was coming up next to the steps. And I can imagine after 40 days, after 40 nights, what the earth must have looked like. But here, imagine if Noah kept a journal. Anybody keep a journal out there? Oh, you dear diary people, that's awesome. I don't. I need to. But what would it be if Noah kept a journey a journal? What entries would he write during these uncertain times in the flood? Well, let me tell you what. I picture Noah going, Dear Diary, day one, I hear the rain, and I hope this floats. Day three, it's still raining. The animals are getting kind of scared. There's a lot of thunder and lightning going on out here. Day seven, even though we knew the flood was coming, actually seeing it happen is pretty scary. Water is churning and swirling around the ark. It's washing away everything and everyone in its path. Sometimes I just can't bear to look. Day 10, it's still raining. This is a job. I got to get up every single day and feed these animals. I got to get up every day and water these animals. I have to tend to them, and man, do they smell. You ever had four boys that live in the same room? Kind of like that same smell? And can you imagine the snoring? My wife has kicked me out of our bedroom because I snore probably like some of these animals were going on. And she said, I stink a little bit like an animal sometimes, too. Day 10. Why did I bring the woodpeckers on board? And God, these termites, are you sure that was a really good idea or not? This is a wooden boat, you know. Day 16, so much rain. I hate being damp. I don't like being wet all the time. When I get out of this boat, I'm moving to the desert. That's supposed to be funny. Day 19, oh, Sorry, Lord, I just killed one of those mosquitoes. <laughs> You're going to have to prepare another one or something, or maybe not prepare any more. Day 22, still raining. I miss the grass. I miss the sunshine. I miss my friends. I wish they would have listened. I tried to tell them. Day 30, some of these animals are root-producing so fast. We have 25 rabbits now. These mice are going everywhere, Lord. What am I supposed to do? How do I build a mouse trap that won't kill them? Or do you want me to kill a few of them? There's like a hundred of them already. I'm trying to be funny, but you can imagine what was going on on that boat. Day 35. It's still raining. Day 41, the rain stopped. Yes, I'm going to post it on Facebook. No more rain. I'm happy now. But listen to this: They were on the boat. For almost another year after these 40 days. Think about it. OMG. Some of y'all, waiting is not your specialty. Me, if there's more than 10 cars at a light, I'm about to need some salvation in my car. You know, if you get on hold and it says, this phone call may last five minutes. Most of y'all are already hanging the phone up, right? Am I right or wrong? Waiting is not something we like to do. But a lot of times when you're stressed and you're waiting, you just need to float a while. Sometimes obeying God means believing and doing the things that the world just does not quite understand. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts and your thoughts. There was no sail on this boat. There was no rudder on this boat. So many times we are trying to, we are trying to steer our own boat into the place to where we want it to go. And God said, I'd just like for you to float a little while. Because when you get in the faith to float, sometimes you can float and you don't have to have all the answers. How many of are answer people out there? You got to know it before it happens. Double hands if I could get them both up. But sometimes you just got to have a little faith to float. And then a lot of times, we think about the sail on this boat. There's a wind that's going to start blowing pretty soon. It's already started blowing, and that's called the wind of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, we got to get our sails up, our spiritual sails, and we got to start going with the wind, the direction that it wants us to go in. There's something coming, and we need to sail in the right direction. We don't always understand the plan we don't always see through the storm, but real faith is this. It doesn't need to know why. It doesn't need to know where, and it doesn't need to know when. It just needs to know number three, who's in your boat. That's all you need to know sometimes, who is in your boat. The purpose of the ark was to protect and to preserve what was inside. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Thousands of years later, what happened was is Jesus came, and he came to hang out with the social outcasts, proclaiming that same good news to them, to anybody who would listen. Can I just tell you this much right now today? God is still speaking. We have protection from the storms of life. We see salvation or a lifeline when we're about to go under. There's times in your life you were about to go under and God pulled you up. You were about to go down and you looked out and there was a lifeline. And you know who that lifeline is? That lifeline is Jesus Christ. God made a provision through Jesus Christ. Number four, flooded but not forgotten Genesis 8 1 says this and the Lord remembered Noah say remembered say it better and every living thing and all the animals that were with him on the ark and God made a wind to pass by over the earth and the waters subsided God remembers you. When the world behind you has told you they forgot about you, God's remembered everything that he's promised you. When he said yes and when he said amen, he meant that in your life. If you're still holding on to something right now, I'm going to let you know that God has not forgotten about it. He still remembers his promises to you. Listen to this. Those who entered the boat suffered, but they survived. They suffered, but they survived. (sighs) Can I just tell you this much right now? You have a testimony. You have a testimony. And you need to be telling everyone about what God has done for you. Can I just tell you this morning that the devil wanted to kill me? he wanted to make me lose my mind he wanted me to live in doubt and in fear I've had good days I've had bad days I've been in a storm but I'm still standing and I'm still surviving that is your word out there right now listen if you're a survivor in here if you should not be here this morning I want you to stand up on your feet and I want you to tell as someone around you I'm a survivor I'm still here the devil tried to kill me, but he couldn't do it. Come on. You have a word. You have a testimony out there. And God says, I want you to proclaim it. You're still standing and surviving. You know why? Because the Lord has covered you on your front side. He's covered you on your back side. He's been here. He's been all around you all along. We are protected and we are preserved. Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Say follow. He follow. Sometimes you gotta quit worrying about followers on Instagram and you gotta look back and you say, I got something following me. You gotta let your past go and quit worrying about what's following you. You gotta look back and say, he's all around me and he's following me. Woo! We're Pentecostal in this place this morning. I ain't apologizing. He's following you. The blessings are following you. Quit looking back at that old stuff. Quit looking back at the past. Quit looking back at the relationships. Quit looking back at the things God says. Shut the door. Quit peeking out of it. Woo! You are here. I got 10 more minutes to preach. you. almost said it's fine. You are here because God thinks you are worth saving. Somebody needs to hear that. You're here because God says you're worth it. You got to quit letting the enemy come in and tell you that there's something other than that. You are here because you are worth it. Faith, faith doesn't mean you won't go through stuff. Faith means that you're going to get through stuff. You're going to go through it. The Bible says you're going. these days are few and full of trouble. But I'm telling you, if you got God in behind you, in front of you, and beside of you, you can make it through it all. Genesis 9, 13 says this. I set my rainbow. Woo, come on. I set my rainbow in the cloud. And it shall be a sign. Say, here's your sign. Oh, better than that Foxworthy. Come on, here's your, here's your sign. I was Jeff Foxworthy, wasn't it? Okay, I thought I was going to be wrong. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Verse 17. And God said to Noah, here's, here's where the human part comes in. This is a sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Do you know what a covenant is? Covenant is a formal, solemn, binding agreement. Every covenant that God has made, he keeps. Every covenant that he does, he never replaces it. He never changes. He, the Bible said he's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, he doesn't ever change. So if he said it. If he said yes and amen, he is faithful to keep his promises. No matter what storm, when I'm in covenant with God, God is with me and there's a rainbow coming. You've got to be in covenant with God with your time, with your talent, and with your treasure. Because there's blessing in that too. Number five. I'm done in 20 minutes. Here we go. Faith to see the finish line. The actions that we take last longer than you think. You think what you're doing now is not going to really last? But the actions that you take now will last for a long time. We laid Pastor Mindy's mom to rest a few days ago. But before that, I heard the story about her wall of fame. It was her grandkids, her kids. She had pictures up of each and every one of them on her walls. And every day she'd get up and go, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. She left a legacy that will live forever. What you're doing now, somebody is is taking note of what you're doing now for the future. Noah did well in Hebrews 11. he He was inducted into the hall of faith. You know why? Because he knew that all things were possible with God. I'm letting you know today that God is... God can do far above what the things that we know, expect, and understand. That was true then, and that's true now. It ain't just Old Testament teaching. It ain't just New Testament teaching. When He said it, He meant it. He did it for Noah, and let me tell you, He can do it for you too. You have a purpose. There's something that God wants to do in you and through you to accomplish His plans. Can I ask you something this morning? What assignment has God given you and he's revealed to you that you've not accomplished or you've not even tried? Maybe he's trying to get you to do something. You say, I'm not educated enough. Maybe I'm too old. 600 years old. It's a little old. There are things right now that you've been wrestling with for years. And God says this, don't keep waiting on your purpose because I've already instilled the purpose in your life. Do you know what it is? And if it is, are you working on it? Let's all stand if we would, please. The Bible says this. It says, Noah was saved by faith. It wasn't just that he built the ark or he was obedient. He was saved because he believed that when God said he was going to do something, God was going to do it. He was going to accomplish it. The greatest decision in Noah's life was not to build the ark. His greatest decision was to walk with God. God is asking us today, will you walk with me? Will you be in communion with me? And he's also saying today, maybe you've walked away. Well, let me just tell you, it's very easy to come back. You just kind of get yourself back on the right track. And you walk back to him because he's always standing there with his arms wide open. Maybe you're here today and you stand before God. Are you safe and secure in his boat? When we said in that verse, it said in Christ. Are you still rejecting the truth? Are you still seeing the rain but not believing it? Think about those people. Are you seeing the rain and all of a sudden it's getting a little deeper it's getting a little deeper. And maybe you've been trying to swim in that puddle your whole life. And God says this, I want to walk with you. I want to be beside you. I want you to start, stop swimming on your own. If you're not in Christ, you can come on board and you still got time to do that. The door, can I just be honest, the door won't always be open. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week. You're not promised tomorrow. His presence is an open door, as we sang. He's calling you today to get on board. There's going to be people up to, on the left and right to pray. These altars are going to be open here in just a few minutes. We're not just going to sing a song to get out of here. His presence is an open door. He's calling you today to get on board. And how do you do that? First of all, you've got to admit and you have to confess your sins and your shortcomings to Him. God, I've been trying to swim on my own. God, I, 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 I've, I've been struggling with this. I need your help. And you've got to acknowledge that He is the Savior, that He is the lifeline. And you ought, what else you have to do is you have to ask Him to take control of your life. Jesus, take the wheel ain't just a good country song. It's something you should live your life. Jesus, I, I've, been, I've been trying to drive this boat I've been trying to drive my life, my whole life. I need you to take over. I ain't going to worry if there's no sail. (laughs) I'm not going to worry if there's no rudder to guide me. I'm just going to trust you and be in you. So as these altars are open, as they get ready to sing, let's come and get on board the boat. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church Podcast.